Sawate de Skipoli and Omnes. Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. Today is going to be a little bit of a different day. We're going to be doing some terminology, uh, medical terminology to be specific, kind of similar to one of my earlier episodes where I kind of tried to treat language kind of in this formulaic manner. manner. And I want people to think about languages basically kind of like there's this formula involved. You look at these really, really um, sophisticated words, but they really just mean simple things when you break them down. So we're going to get on, into it um, and we're going to break down quite a few medical terms. We'll start off pretty simple and then we'll get more complex as we'll go on. And I'll just go... Um, pretty in-depth. We're going to basically, we're going to flay out these words, we're going to flush them out, we're going to understand, and that's what we're, uh, what, excuse me, the point of all of this is basically to uh, understand and think more critically about the language that we use every single day. It's a fun thing, and the more that we know, the more that we know, and I think that that is a very important thing to uh realize, think about, and let it just sit with you, man. If I could get it tattooed on me without being it sounding super cheesy and corny, although you know me, I am a pretty corny dude, uh, I would. Regardless, let's get right on into it, okay? So how about let's do something like lactic acidosis, okay? We're just going to look at osis, meaning... Um, an illness of, so having been caused by lactic acid. So lactic acidosis is just a metabolic condition that's happening. Osis referring to a, uh, um, an illness and or a condition of hypermetabolic lymph nodes. Okay, so A, we've got hyper meaning high. Hyper is the antithesis of hypo. If you're hyperglycemic, you have high blood sugar. If you're hypoglycemic, you have a low blood sugar. So hypermetabolic lymph node, again, metabolic referring to uh, cell division in Greek and or um, actually just that really. And then finally, lymph nodes denoting the structure in your body where white blood cells from your immune system accumulate and then they drain. Uh, if you didn't know, now you know that's what a lymph node is. They're all over your body. You have inguinal, you have, you have axillary, um, you have in uh, some in your neck. And anyways, look up a picture. I'm not going to get too into it. Number three, though, our third term, we have generalized tonic-clonic. And this comes from ancient Greek. So tonos refers to a stretch or to stretch rather. And klonos comes from a violent or it means violent and confused motion, kind of like a muscular spasm. So tonos klonos really referred to a violent and confused motion uh, stretching. So a tonic-clonic. What is that? Well, if you didn't know what a generalized tonic-clonic is, generalized just referring to uh, the nature of the condition. Tonic-clonics are seizures. Uh, the most severe of the uh, seizures, I believe. 
Um, next one, upper extremity uh, dysmetria. Okay, so we're not going to look at upper extremity because that just refers to your arms, right? Upper, up extremities, referring to your extremities, extra parts. Dysmetria, dys meaning wrong and metria meaning length, right? Like a meter. It actually comes from the word meter. Like a diameter. Dia means through. Meter means length. And what does a diameter do? It cuts through the length of a circle, right? And it dissects it into two and tells you exactly how far it is to get from one side of the circle to the other. So dysmetria refers to a wrong length, and this refers to a uncoordinated movement. i.e. Um, being inebriated, okay? Ataxic gait. A refers to without. Taxic refers to order. And gait refers to an individual's manner of walk. So ataxic gait, again, is pretty much just a fancy term for referring to somebody that's walking like they're inebriated. Okay, another one. Here we go. Another one. Bradycardia. This is something that I have actually whenever I go to the doctor and get my vitals taken. Vita in Latin means life, by the way. That's why when we get our vitals taken, basically they indicate our lifeline. Uh, and bradycardia refers to brady, meaning slow, and cardia referring to cardiac. What is cardiac? Well, our cardiac muscle is our heart muscle. And what does the heart do? Well, it pumps. And this term here, bradycardia, refers to a slow um, heart rate. And I believe it's b below 60 beats per minute. Mine's like around 45 usually. Yeah, I got a low resting heart rate. A lot of my students are pretty shocked that I'm not dead. Uh, I just like to think that I'm uh, a healthy, fit individual, I guess. I don't know. I mean, uh, like people that are long-distance runners and typically people with healthy cardiovascular systems um, have low metabolic, or I'm sorry, low resting heart rates, and they have high me metabolisms. But um, yeah, I don't know. Lance Armstrong, for instance, is who comes to mind. Okay, let's go ahead and look at another one. Hypophosphatemia, okay? So hypo, well, we refer to something hyper- Hyper meaning high, hypo being the antithesis of hyper, hypo meaning low, phosphate, well, referring to the important ion that exists mainly inside of an individual cells, right? So hypophosphotemia, emia referring to, well, man, if you don't know now, you're going to know because... A lot of the terms that I go over with my students end in emia, and I always want them looking at any sort of word. And if they see that emia at the end, that suffix, it refers to a presence in blood. So emia is very widespread in our medical terminology. You have septicemia, septic, referring to bacteria, emia, meaning presence, meaning presence in blood. There we go, Liam. Sorry, I, I tend to get a little ahead of myself when I start talking like this because I really dig this kind of stuff. I really, it's why I like Latin, you guys. It's why I love language. It's why I love Greek. It just helps me be more and more inquisitive. Okay. So therefore, when we put 
together all of those parts, A plus B plus C, hypophosphate and emia means low phosphate presence in blood. Whoa. Well, hypophosphatemia, you can say that, but really what it just means is a low phosphate in your blood. Atrophy, next one. Atrophy, well, if you don't know what atrophy means, A, again, means without, and trophy actually refers to nourishment. I've always loved this because what does a trophy do when we earn it after maybe a competition, a game, whatever? It nourishes our soul in a way. So atrophy, well, do you know what atrophy means? Well, atrophy actually refers to when you are kind of wasting away. You are without nourishment. Nourishment can be, well, food for us in general. But, you know, in this case, let's just refer to nourishment as uh, micro, macronutrients, whatever, because atrophy a lot of the time refers to somebody that is wasting away in terms of their body mass. Um, we thinking about it, like if you were to look at any sort of individual this, that was kept in, uh, concentration camps, how emaciated they were, their body had atrophied substantially because of the lack of nutrients that their body was being given because they were just being treated. Honestly, it like, mm, history don't, uh, it's just, sorry. Anyways, let's get into a couple more, but uh, we're going to take a break here. Alrighty, we're back and we're going to go over a few more. Um, actually, you know what? I was thinking after going over atrophy, and, and that just meaning without nourishment, when our bodies are without nourishment, they are wasting away. And as I mentioned, uh, people in concentration camps, uh, as well as people that, you know, are anorexic. Uh, what others? It, it, we don't have to get into it. But another on the opposite end would be hypertrophy. We went over what hyper means. Do you remember? It's the opposite of hypo. Hyper means high. So if you're in a hypertrophic state, you're in high nourishment kind of state. And when you think about hypertrophy, uh, that is in reference to weightlifting a lot of the time. When you uh, achieve hypertrophy, what you're doing is you're putting your body under undue stress in order for it to adapt and to get stronger. That's what we do. That's what our bodies do on a daily basis right? They adapt. They get stronger to external external stimulus and stress. And uh, like, think about that's why we have a sunburn, for instance, or why our skin tans, you know, in order to handle the amount of UV rays uh, that it couldn't prior, handle prior rather. Um, weightlifting, for instance, right? We lift weights in order to achieve either two things strength well actually three uh strength um muscle mass or weight loss right if you're putting your body under undue stress aka lifting weights tearing muscle tissue apart in fact if you think about it and for the, all of those that don't know you are never 
uh, getting bigger and or stronger in the gym. You are actually just in a process of tearing your muscles down. Uh, that's why you are in kind of an acute inflammatory response after the gym, right? Inflammation is actually a key um, thing that our body does, right? If we're chronically inflamed, uh, that's no good, no bueno whatsoever. But acute inflammation is very, very important. And yes, as you very well know, I'm going on a rant, but I'm going to continue on. So shut up. Inflammation, when done acutely, is what helps bring blood flow to a certain and particular area. And when you bring blood, you also bring extra nutrients in order to help facilitate the healing process faster, right? Because your body wants to achieve homeostasis and equilibrium as soon as possible, right? And by creating that acute inflammatory response, um, in a way, you can think about your sore muscles the next day is that, in a way, it's also lactic acidosis, right? Not lactic acidosis, just lactic acid, not lactic acidosis, because osis refers to a condition of, but usually the illness in a condition, right? Like psychosis, right? When you are in a psychosis and or psychotic, you are psyche referring to mind, body, and soul because the Greeks in um, antiquity, they referred to your mind, body, and soul being all together one thing. That's why when you breathed, when you, when you breathed out your last breath, that sounds very grammatically incorrect, but I'm not sure. I'll look into that. Um, the Greeks believed that, that, that last breath was not only your life, but also your mind and your soul and everything else a part of that, uh, which is a very cool and beautiful thing in a way. So... Look at that, Liam. Now I got to do a backtrack because I just went on a crazy rant. So, um, osis after osis, I am going back to lactic acid, which goes back to sore muscles, which went back to inflammation. And I was talking about inflammation, right? Acute inflammation. Think about it one more time for me because I didn't really get into it fully and completely, acute inflammatory responses are like a cut, right? What happens to a simple paper cut, for instance? Well, don't do it right now. Uh, wait until it happens or when you get cut and see how when you bleed, well, what happens when you bleed? You create thrombocytes, right? That Those are um, throm thrombocytes are what create um, thrombosin or thrombose, um, which is blood clot. And that's what creates the stoppage of the bleeding of the cut. And then after the stoppage of the bleeding of the cut, you realize that, um, oh, my skin's slightly raised. Well, why is that? Well, that is inflammation, acute inflammation, because the raising of the skin is the additional added, adding of fluid and nutrients and blood, all of which help to um, facilitate that healing process faster, right? Because like I said, your body is always trying to achieve that equilibrium. Great movie, by the way, with, um, Ethan Hawke, I believe. If not Ethan Hawke, it's, no, I think it's Ethan Hawke. All right. Let's get into a couple other words. 
acute hyponatremia. So acute, remember, acute refers to how there is no underlying pathophysiological condition leading to this particular problem. That's why when you have an acute inflammatory response, there is an underlying. It just is happening because your body is doing what it needs to do at that particular time versus chronic inf inflammation. People that have autoimmune disorders or autoimmune conditions, uh, like myself, for instance, um, and those others that uh, I'm sure you... Uh, if you have an autoimmune condition, you can very well relate. Being that, that being said, when your body is in a continued inflammatory response, you try to mitigate that as much as possible, right? Because chronic inflammation is not good. Another set of people that are chronically inflamed are people that are diabetic, okay? Hypertensive people people that have metabolic conditions, right? This is why we have dealt with COVID so badly, right? Is because we as a people and man, I really hope that this isn't going to like stir some people, but this is just the truth. Um, and uh, you can debate me all day and night about this, but this is the truth. Um, our metabolic conditions and where we are at in life um, is why COVID has just wreaked havoc on our, our populations, not only the old, right? Because they are immunocompromised in a way. I mean, their, their immune, um, their immunities just, and immune systems, they don't, they don't regulate the way that, uh, you know, a 20 something is going to regulate a, a virus or something like that. But what was the one thing that people talked about? Well, if you have comorbidities, right? Comorbidities um, increased the likelihood of being hospitalized. And what is a comorbidity? Well, being diabetic is definitely one, right? You are chronically inflamed. And I'm not talking to all diabetics, right? You know, there are there are these conditions where you can't help it. You are diabetic because you were born that way. Um, there is also gestation, gestational diabetes, which a pregnant woman get, uh, but that soon uh, resolves afterwards. And then you have type two diabetics, which is basically, I was reading uh, a while back, and I thought that this was so interesting. We didn't used to refer to it as type two diabetes; we referred to it as onset adult diabetes because only adults got it, right? usually from the uh, excessive uh, amounts of sugar and or just, you know, abusive diets that we had to our bodies, right? And that's why we ended up getting type 2 diabetes. And, uh, and that's what it is, right? It's that state where your insulin, you, your insulin's been jacked up so much because you're continually eat, eating sugar to where that insulin is being secreted continuously to where you become what do we call it? Insulin resistant, right? You are either insulin sensitive where you are able to partition and deal with insulin in a very healthy uh, uh, metabolic way, or you are resistant, in which case um, you are a type 2 diabetic and or a onset adult onset diabetes. But we can't even call it that anymore because children have diabetes now. Like, this is me coming to you as a teacher as well and just seeing this around. I literally had a kid the other day that I had to 
snag an entire thing of Pillsbury frosting after he had chugged a Mountain Dew before he entered my class, 8 o'clock in the morning, mind you. And then he started eating that with his finger. And I was like, no. And I'm like, what are we doing? As, as, a, as a society, what are we doing to our kids in order to, uh, like, allow that this is okay? Like, granted, like, you know, kids will be kids. That's totally fine. My classroom is still a talkie-free zone, and it will remain such for the rest of time. Uh, in fact, uh, it'll remain uh, definitely a lot of other free things. But um, for now, talkies for sure. But... Uh, like, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, gosh, like, I, if only I could, like, I just, I wish I could peel back time and look at myself as a kid and see how I was and what my uh, habits were because they, re- they weren't like that. Um, and I'm not sure if those that I'm talking to right now can relate or anything like that, but good God, like, no wonder I'm dealing with so many behaviors in school. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I'm these kids are riding on the sugar high all day long. They go from roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster. That's why I'm dealing with either kids falling asleep in class and them me having to be like, yo, let's let's give our body that signal. Let's sit up right. Let's give ourselves some good posture. Let's pull those shoulders back down. And uh, you know, I'm gonna start doing maybe like some brain gym in class, do some cross crawls, some uh, some cooked hiccups or something like that, because my good God, the, the amount of just, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I think about it and I'm like, I, I wouldn't be able to survive in society if my energy levels were like that. And then these kids are telling me that they're also staying up all night playing video games. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, you know what? I am going on such a big old tangent rant. Uh, and I apologize for that because I haven't even gotten into the state of acute hyponatremia. I started talking about acute and then I started talking about inflammation and then I just went on a big old spiel. Okay. And as you, my students very well know, there are no spiels in Mr. Connolly's class. I call it spiel, but it's spelled spiel. I don't know. I like spiel more. But um, we'll call that last little bit a good spiel. I was just, you know what, going on a little bit of a rant. I love talking about this kind of stuff. And when it's in my head, why not just do a little bit of some word vomit uh, and just regurgitate what all my thoughts into this little microphone and see if people actually find it of use. Because maybe my um, rants uh, create a little semblance of, oh, hey, you know what, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't let my kid eat so much. Man, sometimes I really wish I could cuss, but I know that my students are listening to this stuff. So I can't anymore. <clears throat> Gosh darn. <clears throat> Anyways, cussing is effective uh, very minimally is what I've realized. Don't use it all that often. It makes you sound lowbrow. Like I know those people that fill each word with uh, – or every other word with a cuss word, you sound stupid when you do that. Stop it right now, okay? And if you're doing that, people don't appreciate that. And when and you just sound like you're drunk, okay? Simply put. 
So nitremia, hyponitremia, hypo, remember, like hypothermia, right? Hypo, low. Therm refers to thermal temperature, emia, presence in blood, boom, shakalaka. I just did another one while I was also talking about hyponitremia. So hypothermia means low temperature presence in blood. And in the most severe cases, right, our limbs or the blood freezes, we lop off limbs. That's what hypothermia is. Acute hyponitremia, rather, is something low. But what is that N-A-T-R uh, affix, right? Because we know what emia is, right? Tell me, what is it? Right, yeah, it's presence in blood, right? So we got a low something presence in blood. Well, what is that? Well, it comes from the word natrium. Why don't you go ahead and pull up a periodic table for me? Find Na on the periodic table. What is Na? Pertains to sodium. Boom shakalaka. Well, natrium is actually the Latin word for sodium, the more formal name for sodium, the elemental name. Boom shakalaka. How does that sound? Hope you learned something new with that one at least. Rhabdomyolysis. Rhabdo. Well, actually, um, uh, we'll do a little review. So acute hyponitremia, referring to no underlying pathophysiological conditions leading to this particular problem. So we got a low, we got a natrium, we got a low sodium, a presence in blood. Low sodium presence in blood is what hyponitremia means. Now going back to rhabdomyolysis. Rhabdo, rhabdo in Greek, refers to striated or skeletal, okay, or striped. Um, especially because skeletal muscle, when you peel back the skin, looking at maybe an anatomy picture, um, is striated in appearance, right? It runs, uh, the fibers run in a particular direction, depending on how that muscle functions, right? You know, it's going to, they're going to run maybe a little bit more laterally, uh, on the pec, because what does the pec do? Well, one of the main functions in the pec is to add duct, add to towards duco to lead when you lead when you bring your humerus when you lead it towards the midline of your body you are adducting your humerus aka engaging that pec aka pec fly okay rhabdo again striated myo myo refers to muscle another little aspect of a muscle within a sarcomere is a myofibular uh, junction, basically. So myofibulars are what make up muscle, muscle tissue. So when you want to foam roll or want to get a deep tissue massage, you do some myofascial release. That fascia is that thin layer above the the muscle and in between the skin and subcutaneous fat that... Um, you know, we, we tend to, you know, rule out, we got the trigger points in there and all that stuff, right? That's why we do lacrosse balls. That's why we have foam rollers. That's simply why we stretch a lot, you know, in order to release those trigger points to break up that scar tissue adhering to the fascia. And yeah, so myo again refers to muscles. So A plus B, A, rhabdo, B, Myo, rhabdomyo, rhabdo, rhabdomyolysis, right? Rhabdo, striated, myo, muscle, lysis. Well, our suffix lysis here refers to the breakdown of 
Sounds like a bodybuilder's nightmare in my opinion. Rhabdomyolysis. Rhabdomyolysis. Really refers to skeletal muscle breakdown. Well, you could either say rhabdomyolysis and everybody's like, what the heck did you just say? Or you could just say, oh, it just refers to a skeletal muscle breaking down um, a lot of the time. You can do this. uh, There are a lot of other conditions going on, but typically this is... um, You can see this through uh, urine, actually, a lot of the time because urine can excrete because kidneys start to uh, filter. I'm not, no, I'm not going to get into this. You know what? I'm going to do a sciencey video slash not video podcast here soon enough because um, seeing how much I can just go on these medical rants, um, I think be better suit. I'm also looking into legal terms. But again, let's get into our last term here. Hypokalemia. Hypo, ooh, hypo, cal, and emia. Hypo means low, right? Emia means presence in blood again. So we got a low something presence in blood. So we got to split it apart. Look at that little affix in between hypo and emia, meaning, or rather not meaning, but the word K-A-L, referring to kalium. What is kalium? (laughs) Not quite sure. Let's go ahead and whip out that periodic table again, though. Why don't you go ahead and find K for me? What does K refer to? K refers to potassium. Well, potassium in Latin, the more elemental form, the more scientific form is kalium. So if you want to know why Na is sodium, and K is potassium, well, you can thank Latin. And now you know a little bit more. As to why there are subtle differences in the periodic table, right? Because O refers to oxygen, H refers to hydrogen. Some of them are very intuitive, but then you get Na, which is sodium. You get Ar, which is silver. Why? Well, it refers to argentum. Argentum in Latin means silver. Oh, what about Au in gold? Well, that what the that that's that's wilding. What's going on there? Well, a u in Latin aura a u r e a means gold. Okay, golden rather. Okay, so the reason why we have a u for gold is because of Latin as well. Okay, so remember there are intuitive ones on the periodic table, but there are not so much intuitive ones. And, well, that's when Latin comes into play. Thank you very much. So, hypo, cal, and emia. Reviewing our last word here, we have hypo meaning low, cal referring to potassium, anemia referring to a presence in blood. So, hypokalemia, low presence in blood. Hyponitremia, low sodium presence in blood. Hypoglycemia. Why don't we just add that one into the mix real quick, right? Because glycine, what is glycine here? Well, I've gone over this in a past, in a past, in a past podcast, but glycine refers to glucose, right? That's why we have the glycemic index, an index referring to how glucose affects our uh, blood, right? Glycemic is actually just another derivation of glycemia, okay? Emia referring to presence in blood. So the glycemic index is the glucose sugar in blood um, index. 
and it essentially indicates why or how sugar affects your blood and your body on a scale, right? The lower the number, the more uh, it uh, doesn't spike your blood sugar, uh, whereas uh, something like dextrose, dextrose is going to spike it big time. Or uh, if you're any of my students, you're just like in a state of hyperglycemia to hypoglycemia. So hypo, low glycemia, referring to glucose, which is sugar, and emia refers to presence in blood. Low sugar presence in blood is hypoglycemia. That's when you're feeling a little bit like you're going to pass out, maybe a little need a little snacky poo and hyperglycemia is somebody that is probably on their way to diabetes city diabetes and uh yeah so there's a couple others for you so hopefully my little tangent rant didn't kill you too much but uh hope you learned something new hopefully i retained you for this amount of time. And if I did, then I would love it if you went to my, uh, well, if you went to Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, look for Latin and layman's, then do another scroll on down because it's a very inefficient system. Um, even though Apple seems to be the, uh, conglomerate here that kind of owns everything and everybody along with Facebook. But um, yeah, scroll on down there. Give me five stars. If you want to, you don't have to. I take criticism on the reg. I love it. I'm always putting myself on blast. But if you do love it, um, and if you do want to support me, please write something, maybe email me. I Remember, I gave my email a while back, but it's just liamconnerly at gmail.com, L-I-A-M-C-O-N-N-E-R-L-Y at gmail.com. Thanks again, everybody. I hope you appreciated this little side tangent rant. Um, feeling really good because I just got a group text from my uh, team lead at school or while well, the assistant principal. And... Uh, we got a snow day tomorrow, so I'm feeling pretty good right now, y'all. Hope you guys are feeling as good, and if you aren't, uh, maybe you're just a little hypoglycemic and you need a little snacky poo, all right? Get out of here. Tempus est discutere.